We're well-practiced and ready to go for the one true hate week. Forks down today, forks down tomorrow. Forks down until the heat death of the universe. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined by the guy whose beard doesn't match the drapes. <laughs> Kevin Grek, and the guy who really does know how long a football match is, Alex Plum. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Got him. It's, it's 90 minutes. 90 minutes. Football match is 90 minutes. It's, uh, it is the We're, most wonderful time of year. We have... Uh, Three games to preview, three games to review, uh, and one John U. Bacon uh, tweet to get into. Oh, look at uh, you! Oh, well done. Uh, are we excited? Are we? Are we got the energy for this? Ba, 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 ba. I think. I think we just settle in for a four-hour episode. Soccer podcast. We are back. Hey, like everybody! Twitter questions. It's going to be a rad time. Yes. Uh, so, uh, let's get it, let's get it kicked off. Plum, what is the structure of today's show? Hold on, hold on, hold on. That was, that was a bit premature. Thank you, of course, everyone for listening. If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Plum, what's the structure of the show? First, Gentlemen. we admonish me for trying to take over hosting duties. <laughs> this is well earned. Oh, so good. Yeah. And second, we uh, affirm Jones's beautiful baritone, without which this <laughs> podcast would cease to be. Third, I tell you that we are, despite being a nascent soccer podcast, uh, truly, we start behind the green ball, green wall where football always leads. We will discuss our victory at home over the Rutger. Uh, we're going to talk about some big gets for this football program going into 2023. Then we'll talk about basketball, the most important win, of course, over Northern Arizona. We might discuss something that happened on a boat. Not sure. We have to talk about a women's overtime win against Milwaukee that takes the women's soccer program to the second round of the NCAA tournament. We'll head off Grand River to talk about everyone's least favorite lazy journalist. And finally, before hitting your Twitter questions, we'll preview a couple games that we have coming up, including, of course, our favorite hated team, Forkstown. Forkstown. It's Spittoon Week, man. It is. It's finally here. Yep. I, I've got. I've had this one circled on the calendar, going all the way back. Yep. You got to have the Spittoon. Got to uh, keep it in house. Otherwise, we'd be spitting on each other. That's how much mm. we uh, we find each other loathsome. Yep. That's um, just the, that's just the culture here, right, John? <laughs> All right, let's start with the Rutger game. MSU wins at home 27-21 in a game that uh, I would, I, I think I would, could describe as annoying. Uh, the final score is closer than the game probably actually was. Yeah. Um, but still, it was not the kind of dominant performance you would have liked to have seen against Rutger. Uh, so let's... I think this is actually the first game it feels like in a while that we can kind of system- systematically go through the game. Um, and so let's start on offense. Peyton Thorne, uh, good things that happened, connected with his running backs and his tight ends. 
they were utilized as weapons a lot more. Um, but bad things that happened, Peyton Thorne was sailing the ball like it was the beginning of the season. What what were your uh, takes? Uh, Alex, I'll start with you. He shot for just uh, better than 50% on completions, completed 19 of 35 passes for a 35-yard long. Uh, the good news for him is he didn't get dropped at all, and he didn't get picked off. So in terms of week-over-week improvements, we can look at this and go, well done you, uh, Peyton. He showed good legs at a couple of points in the game, had flashes there where we needed to see that. That kept us in good position, got us a first down at least once. So 256 yards on the game is not his best by any stretch, but it was certainly par enough for the Rutger. Uh, I will tell you, I continue to think that he's just not at all showing anything like he did last season. I think that's a combination of not having the kind of balance that we had in the running back, as well as just simply being unable to connect. Maybe without Speedy Naylor, I don't know, Jaden Reed not being in perfect form. Um, no one is doing him any favors. And uh, yeah, not not my favorite guy. Still, still voting Noah Kim 2024. Yeah, n- uh, not in dude, guy, or him status, that's for sure. No. Not, yet, not yet. I will give him credit, though. As you said, Jonesy got passes out to the running backs a little bit more. In fact, I would say this is by far the most distributed his passing has been all season. I mean, he hit Barker four times, including for a touchdown. Uh, Reed and Coleman had four receptions each. Trey Mosley got in there. It seems like... Everyone, including Peyton Thorne, forgets that Trey Mosley exists for long periods of time. Um, you know, there were a couple overthrown balls. I think there was one to Malik Carr that I don't know how you miss Malik Carr, but uh, but then still also getting Jalen Berger and Eli Collins and and that group. So I uh I think I think it's just sort of mid. I, I think it's just a very yeah. mid like definitely not getting you to Indianapolis type of season that he's had. And um, I'm concerned that he is what he is at this point. And I don't know that uh, that's going to change uh, in the future. Kevin, I think the one piece of good news, if you are looking for where Peyton Thorne could ultimately maybe get better is that, it seems that the ways that he's been bad have been consistent, right? Oh, so, yeah. so like consistently poor performance is addressable performance, right? Well, if it's, if it's, it's routinely the same thing. So it seems like a lot of his throws this year have been overthrows that, that he tends to be sailing high. I, obviously not a quarterback at his level, but that strikes me as a technique related thing that can be cleaned up. Um, We're going to see you at some camps this summer, Peyton. I want to hear about it. Um, But uh, the the other sort of plus on this game, I think, is that uh, we ran the ball reasonably well. Uh, And Rutgers is uh, bad at offense, in theory, uh, but fine on defense. Uh, And still, you know, Jalen Berger averaging 5.3 yards per carry. Jarek Broussard, 7.3 yards per carry. Um, you know, Peyton Thorne with a 6.6, but, uh, you know, on the two running backs, that's, um, what was it, uh, 27 carries for over 160 yards, 60, almost 170 yards. Yeah. Not bad. I'll take it. 
Um, Would have been nice to see Eli get a couple of little touches in there too, but yeah. he kept he caught some passes um, out of the out of the backfield. The the intriguing part about that is that this makes it week two that we've ran the ball pretty okay, mm-hmm. um, and I think the offensive line is different than what it had been earlier in the season. Um, so I I don't know. I, like I'm looking for maybe reasons to be optimistic is that maybe that's a thing that can start taking a step. Yeah. At the same time though, this team had, uh, it's fits and starts and (laughs) there were opportunities to put Rutgers away that were not taken. So yeah, we can talk Uh, about the other side of the ball as well. Yeah. Uh, so defense, I, Spoiler, uh, Rutgers played well offensively against us, and they were bad, real bad. And uh, credit to Kyle Manangai, I think I'm saying it correctly. Uh, 24 attempts for 164 yards on the ground, 6.8 yards per carry. Like, that's a hell of a day. And it was bothersome because we seemed unable to tackle him. Like, it... There wasn't a problem of I would love to see his yards after contact. And yeah. but the that has not been an issue for this team mm. this year is the like I've seen bad angles taken. I've like you've seen coverage failures, but just not tackling guys has not been a thing. Not right. Am I, uh, am I it's bad not read? been the first thing that we've pointed at. That's for sure. sure. Um Cal Halliday did end up having 20 tackles, but like other than that, it did it did seem rough at times. The good news was, I in my estimation at least, didn't accomplish a whole lot through the air. Though now that I'm looking at Wimstat's uh, numbers here, they're actually a little better than I expected them to be. Uh, well, that uh, on 34 attempts. That Hail Mary's doing some work for him. I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. Um. There were definitely times where I felt very comfortable with uh, my preview of the Rutgers game that uh, Gavin was uh, doo-doo caca. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but then also, you know, got a couple there as well. Plum, and, uh, you know, it, it's, I guess it's also worth noting that we're still playing defensive tackles at defensive end because we're so thin, like, you know, uh, we saw a lot of freshmen playing, but we're, what were your thoughts on the defensive performance? Uh, Cal Halliday, um, and I probably am the one that needs to say something else about Cal Halliday because I have said consistently horrible things about him this season. He was such a favorite of mine last year. He wears my lucky number, you know, so there's a lot to like about number 27. Unfortunately, he hasn't been great this season, uh, but uh, big, right? 20 tackles, I think. Uh, the box score has him at 19, but we'll give him another one because most box score keepers are dummies. Um, <laughs> you know, th- that was good. And again, we've talked about this on the pod. Uh, not every tackle is created equal, right? So big stops, third downs, you know, things where you actually shift the momentum. And he had a couple of those where he really capitalized and their performance was uh, special leadership. So that's my nice things that I'll say about him. Should we now that you know we're we're being uh, gracious to people that we've uh, that we've had criticism for in the past? Should oh we boy. talk about special teams? Oh boy, it, it was a 
goal. It was a good good game. Yeah, first time blocked field goal. Two almost met our our total for the season uh, in field goals made. One of them was forty eight yards. Uh, I mean, Ben Patton deserves. He hit all three point after attempts. Alex Plum, come on. I mean, listen, he. Uh, Jack Stone should be grateful that Ben Patton exists. And Jack, if you're listening to this or if your mom is listening to this, uh, oh, no. oh no, just get Ben Patton on CD. Whatever his pregame ritual is, whatever his mantras are that he repeats to himself, try it. Try it because, um, wow, 48 yards. We This team did not deserve that. And uh, yet, grateful. What did you guys think when the team was lining up for that (laughs) field goal? I was yelling. I was screaming. I was like, Bryce Berenger has already shown the ability to just throttle the ball, but also to place it very well. And and, and to do it under insane pressure after getting base, after bobbling it first. Oh, he's got trouble with a snap. Not Bryce Berenger. No trouble. No trouble with this. Perfectly through those spectacles. Those wrecks. Bad snap, (laughs) bobbled, then ran into and still dropped it within the five yard line. Insane. Beauteous. Gotta love him. Uh, So, I I mean, I think this was not as discouraging a win as last week's. Still opportunities here, but one game away from bowl eligibility, guys, with a, as we'll see, uh, we'll talk about just a, reeling Indiana game uh, team coming to town on Saturday. Uh, Hold on. And our guys seeing crimson right now thinking about it. Don't wrap up because we got to talk about Mel Tucker and late game shenanigans again. Yeah. So on a Hail Mary with no timeouts, Rutger had no timeouts. uh, They are able to get up to the line before the defense is set and run a Hail Mary and score near the end of the game, resulting in their opportunity to play for a tie with an onside kick. Obviously that didn't go their way. Um, I don't understand how Mel Tucker doesn't take a timeout there. Like they're not going to run. They're going to get the playoff. So you might as well get your defense set. I, it, it just was kind of a baffling, like, huh? Yeah. It's the same. It's the same thing. I mean, it's, uh, and I, I guess I understand how important it is to run time off, but like they're getting, as you say, you're, they had one play, play left they one way to... or another. So it seems like the least that we could do is just simply make sure that the defense is set. Um, and then, you know, everyone, everyone's just it, got a little tight after it, that. It's the small stuff. It, it, again, it comes back to, and it's just exhausting to keep having to say it. <laughs> Why isn't he able to do the little things? What What's going on? What's going on in his head? What's going on with his coordinators and assistants and kids in multicolored shirts? Yeah. What are they fucking talking about that is distracting him from the very obvious shit that's right there question and this is actually ignorance i don't know can any player call a timeout in football or does does that have to be like the coach or the qb like is that and i know on defense i don't know who else it would be 
That's a really good question. I don't, I don't know. I, don't I assume know. any player can call a timeout. I mean, I imagine no. they're told not to because there's a strategy around how and when to use them. But like, so maybe I'm not, I'm not going to run any indictment. Your QB I don't, would usually be the one in the, the best position anyway to call the timeout. Yeah, sure. I and defense, it's strange, right? It would be one of the linebackers, presumably, or something like that, that would call a timeout. But I'm not sure I've ever seen it done. Yeah. It might yeah. be that they're, they technically can. It's just... Yeah. It, it, yeah, it just doesn't happen. Up. It just doesn't, doesn't happen. Place. I mean, you could understand when if you were close on timeouts, you wouldn't want your players doing that because they're not keeping count. And if you don't have any left and you try it, that's a mm-hmm. penalty, right? Or something. So anyway, uh, or I guess this we isn't basketball. It's that, a technical yeah. foul. I don't know. I don't we know. want to do that in like a final four scenario. Nothing, nothing. So really I don't know. Be like the I, I just feel like it's not, it's, it's, there's something else happening. And mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but I'm not happy. Yeah, I, I hope that maybe it's one of those things, though, that uh, he realizes it's a thing that that operationally needs to be fixed. But trying to maybe trying to install a whole new operation at this point in time, midseason is it's too much. It like, yeah, that it's it's going to be an offseason fix. Um, yeah. I, I like I don't know. But it, yeah. to, your, to your point, like. It, they're just kind of consistent head scratchers. Um, yep. The uh, which someone I, I heard someone say that D'Antonio had someone on staff whose job it was literally was like they were a rules expert, right? And uh, would would you know radio down to say call timeout, uh, mm. like for reviews or um, mm. you know to, to extend things. Anyway, um, let's talk about recruiting real quick. Um, I don't know yeah. why we'd bother. It's my understanding that the program is rotten from the inside out. There it, it should is. just be nuked from orbit. Very good. Um, that's what I've been told. Well, apparently, Javant Brown does not buy John U. Bacon books because he committed <laughs> to the Michigan State Spartans today. Uh, he's uh, it, it. So it's he's an interesting commit in that a lot of the data on him is a bit old. Um, so he's listed as at least 600, or I'm sorry, <laughs> at least six feet tall, uh, 220, but maybe a little bit bigger than that. Sounds like the plan is for him to play the will linebacker. He's a four star, um, 367 overall in the country, uh, for his class, 29th linebacker in the class and 68th mm-hmm. in the state of Florida. His offer list is incredible. Kevin, who's on there? Dude, uh, we we talk about how it's everyone, but this one is truly everyone. You've got your Bamas, you've got your Auburns, you've got your Floridas, you've got your Florida States, you've got your Notre Dames, you've got your Ohio States, you've got your Ole Miss, you've got your U of M, you've got your other U of M. You can choose which one I meant where. Um, you've got Jackson State. Uh, I mean, like, this is... Is this maybe the best offer list we've seen in this class? We've seen some good ones, but is this the best one? I don't know that I've seen a Bama and OSU combined offer list before. Um, I mean, TBD on, you know, or we'll never know how many are committable, right? Yeah, but there's always that caveat these days. Uh, the one that I left off uh, for Hate Week, Indiana, also on that list. <laughs> Eat one, um, yeah, but uh, death of the universe. Yeah, very, uh, very encouraging, and exactly kind of what the program needs right now to give it a little shot in the arm, get some momentum running in that direction. So, uh, really, uh, really happy with this one. Is this the second 
uh, four-star linebacker in this class now? Yeah. So the other one is uh, Jordan Hall uh, from IMG, who is just, he was a top 200. I think he's like 202 now or something like that. Of course. Um, so that but, works. So a, Jordan Hall will be a Mike linebacker and then uh, Javon Brown will be a, the will. Um, but yeah, big pickup. Hopefully more to come, uh, more good news to come. A lot of crystal balls are are dropping right now. So hopefully that means some commitments come our way soon. And that's all we'll say on that yeah. subject. Yes. Yep. Not not digging in further. Uh, all right. Let's chat basketball. So we play two games. I think there's one that folks care about most um, because it was Gonzaga. But I would say Gonzaga is a bit of a weird one because they played it on a boat. Um, and a big so, boat. A big boat. A very big boat. Uh, but so let's chat for a minute about Northern Arizona. Um, it's a 73-56 home win. Um, I, I I think my key takeaways were that this team is going to be fun. I think, Alex, you even texted at one point. I texted I like the group. Them. I like this team. I think I said it with a question mark because I'm not quite ready to commit. But <laughs> Yeah, uh, the, the ball moves well. Um, there's an assertiveness on defense. They run hard. And the, you know, the guards and wings are rebounding a bit more than we've seen in previous years. Um, and I, I, I will say I'm going to jump on right now that I am all in on Trey Holloman as a big deal at Michigan state whenever his, his time comes. Yep. Um, and speaking of time coming, I mean, we saw, this was like the foreshadowing this game, uh, for Madi Sissoko. Uh, yeah, and the Grand Valley game as well. We called that out then. Uh, Madi had a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to, this was my first game of the season where I was listening to it from Will Teeman. So I actually don't he got it. it for sure. Uh, but it, it seemed that way to me, uh, listening to it, driving through rural Ohio. Uh, but uh, Sissoko, man, really making the most of his time after. I think most of the fan base and most of the talking heads, kind of including ourselves, had written him off uh, yeah. as sort of a failed experiment. Played really, really well, and and like back to the basket stuff a little bit. You know, he had a jumper in this game. It's yeah. not. Uh, he was drawing fouls. He went from being the foul. Giver, to the foul leader. E. Yes, I don't right. know Good. how we want to say that. Good. No, you said it. Um, and I just very, very encouraging. I but, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just I, it's it's sort of to me is an interesting question about what's the take on Tim Tom Izzo from here on out because it, it is it is clear that like a big reason that MSU found itself in the position that it was the last couple of years is the 2018 class was. Um, uh, what was it? Dudu Kaka. Um, <laughs> we gotta, we've gotta put that on a T-shirt somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But can't, uh, can't write Dudu Kaka. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that sounds right for us. Uh, but the the thing is, you know, Tom did believe in 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 what he had on the team, and that he was going to be able to make it work. Mm-hmm. I I don't even think my sunniest estim- estimations of what Mari Sissoko might have been under a Tom Izzo belief would have included 
playing 25 minutes, mm. um, hauling in boards, drawing contact. Like I, I just, and we'll talk about Gonzaga in a minute, but like he did not look out of place against the, the, the you know, the preseason favorite for player of the year. I mean, let's just let, I mean, he had a, this was a game we have never seen before with Mandy Sissoko. So let's, let's, let's do two things at the same time. Let's walk and chew gum. Let's say bang up game. My God, great. This is great. And then let's also hold him. Let's see how he does against Kentucky, right? Let's can, is there a repeat performance in here? One of the things I will tell you, and again, avid listeners of the pond will know what's coming next. Gentlemen, do you know what's coming next? Six for 11 behind the charity stripe after we lost by one. So you're going to come after money on this. I'm 100%. You don't leave free money on the ground. You don't have to hit 100, but you sure as shit can't hit 50. So I, you know, and Joey Hauser, by the way, I mean, the free throws was about the only good thing he did on the night. All of the criticism for Joey tonight is well deserved. He was fucking useless and i'm and i am back on the joey hauser hate trade i cannot wait to get on and off that train at various stops this entire season (laughs) but in his 17th year with the spartans there is no excuse for an absolutely ass dump performance that we got from him so anyway i'm holding hope for maddie sissoko and also acknowledging that while he's made impressive gains six for 11 from the free throw line will fuck us like it did against Gonzaga because we should have won that game. We should have won that game. I I do want to point out, this is not a defense of Joey Hauser, but usually when he contributes on offense, it's from the three-point line. I mean, he shot 50%, four for eight for three against Northern Arizona. And then the entire game was like two for a thousand for three uh, on the boat. So he did he was out of his element i would say uh on offense in, in the game. elements in fact in he was in the elements which put him out of his uh on the boat so uh, i do kind of want to put that asterisk there but we know who joey is at this point he's i, I want to say one games he's gonna have bad games bad games yeah last year joey hauser I, I i think not i've not heard a single podcast talk about this last year joey hauser wore a t-shirt underneath his jersey this year those sleeves are riding up a little higher yeah joey's showing the guns joey is playing with a swag i think i think the 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 game against uh gonzaga is a big time anomaly mm-hmm. um and i i do think hauser's like i would caution anyone who's like alex plum gets a pass for being alex plum but the idea that that folks are gonna like suddenly be like, I knew this about Joey. Like, let's yeah. calm. Joey won us the game against Davidson last year. Like, yeah. had a hell of a game All against right. North. Like, I mean, let's just give him a minute. Let's see how, how it plays out. Uh, I can see, jo- I, like, I see you, Joey. I see you sporting that. Uh, that I, but did, I, I mean, do- no. <laughs> no one shot good from behind three. Fine. Then it's, then it's an even bar. So him not contributing behind three this game is irrelevant for me. That's that's not a plus in his column. There was no one that was fucking good from behind three. I'm it, not making an excuse for him. I'm just I'm and I but I'm going to normally fine, but I'm just saying to Jones, like he again, walk and chew gum, he was great against Davidson. He didn't contribute and getting fouled out, like losing that there 
that's the kind of shit you, if the, and that's what he I mean about age. He and had so a bad you, game. And, and, and that's all I'm saying. So anyway, that's yeah. why I say it's going to be the train I get on and off on because I have the emotional maturity of your son. <laughs> but this is, <laughs> this is where we're at. I, I do like though, Jonesy, this pointing out of the t-shirt thing. It, it, I wasn't able to put my finger on it last year, but it did have the like fat kid at the pool energy to it. Like he was self-conscious <laughs> about his body. And maybe Joey's starting to come out of his shell a little bit I more th- this I year. I think that's a real thing that's happening. Uh, <laughs> One hopes for every 46-year-old that that's something they would eventually <laughs> discover in their life. So that's good. Uh, all right. So I didn't have uh, Madi Sissoko being the top scorer against Gonzaga anywhere on my prediction wheel. Uh, Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogarth having good games, I, I think that's encouraging. Uh, Tyson, five for seven from the field. Um, including one for two from three-point lane, which I, I say that's a good thing because that means Tyson was not chucking up threes, which is a big part of his game mm-hmm. uh, when it just it wasn't happening. Like, that's following the scouting report. Um, AJ, two for eight from the field, but eight for ten from the charity stripe. Alex, yeah. uh, are you getting an AJ tattoo? Um, yeah, um, he was reliable. I mean, early in the first half, right? He had some really incredible drives, like bizarre steps. Like his legs were doing things that didn't seem anatomically accurate. I can only bl- <laughs> like maybe the ship was like tilting in ways that allowed his body to distort mechanics. Anyway, really just finding holes. I, he was distributing the ball. Great. He looked great in the first half. Um, frankly, I was. I was shocked that Tyson Walker had the ball on that timeout play with what, seven, eight seconds, 13 seconds, however much left in the last the game. Tyson Walker known for absolutely fucking the dog in clutch situations. This That's team not actually a hundred percent. Absolutely on him. You cannot blame again to my earlier point run. No one is responsible for missing a three Aikens putting up the three was really the bad decision. Him missing it was expected. That was Tyson Walker slipping on the ground, bobbling it like a boob. Oh God. But this was a question about AJ Hogard and he did a great job this game and eight for 10 earns him two gold stars in my book for anyone that's Ty- keeping score. Tyson had been four for five for twos. So I, what was that call supposed to be? Was it, it was supposed to be for Walker and Walker pulls up in the mid range. Yep. Is that what, what it was? But yep. no yep. confidence. How many, how many threes or twos even did he go for throughout the game where he's like, eh, nope, going to distribute the ball. And I don't know where, when that is a lack of confidence and when that is, there's truly a better play here, but lack of confidence in terms of his shot selection has plagued this young man throughout this team. And I would, I was just hoping this was the season where we were going to get more confidence. And this seemed like another example the, the, the slipping didn't help. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm. It's Madi's game. That's what matters. And we're all just living in it. There's no, there's no such thing as a uh, moral victory. Uh, and this game was not that, uh, although I thought we were the better team for 25 the, of the 40 minutes. Something when like that. They said we were at the 12 minute mark in the second half and we had not made a field goal in the second half. I was like, that was oh, bad. Oh. That was a tough one. Yeah. I hadn't realized that it yeah. had been that bad. That Eight long. minutes. Yeah. That was not good. Uh, what does this change for you guys for the season, though? Or, or what does this change for you for the team? Seeing this performance, seeing these capabilities against a Gonzaga team that's going to be in the top five all year because they don't play anyone, basically. Well, and and they just had a con- – I mean, I listen. For, sorry, I'm talking a lot, I know. Um, my waveform. Poor Jones. Um, <laughs> 
poor listeners. I, I, I don't know. I, there's something really exciting about this team. I think that we're this, these next few weeks are going to be fucking hell. We have got, we're going to, I mean, but we're going to win some of them and it's going to be, they're going to be great games. I hope. Right. Um, boy, what are we going to see out of Sissoko? How does the team continue to gel? This was their first real opponent. Right. And it was a big opponent to boot and they worked well together and they worked well together in some very challenging environmental circumstances. So if they keep their heads and they all stay healthy, knock on wood, everyone who's listening right now, um, this is going to be an exciting season. I also, you know, you got to like we got we got really hammered at the end because we didn't have Mati Sissoko on the on the floor. Yeah, didn't. Didn't see that coming. Uh, Jackson Kohler is going to need to grow and mature this season. Um, And I have zero reason to believe that won't happen. You know, like he'll get better as the season goes on. Um, You would hope anyway. But the so what this team looks like at the end of year, I, I have reasons to be really optimistic. And I think we're coming from a really great place to begin with. Yep. This team's going to be more fun by a lot. And and I think they can ruin some people's seasons. Like that's They have the ability to shoot and ruin somebody's weekend in March. For sure. Pierre Brooks is going to light some people up. Uh, yeah. Unexpectedly. Uh, should we... We're going to talk some more basketball in the previews. Uh, should we do that soccer? Should we do that hockey? Yeah. Uh, who wants to talk about soccer? Uh, I am so excited to announce that we are going to the second round, the women's soccer team going to the second round of the NCAA soccer tournament for only the third time. First, well, first time since 08, I think I saw. I don't know how many over to- overall. Third, third time in program history. Uh, first ever home game win in the big dance. So the first round, sometimes the second round, depending on seating, will be at the home site of the better seated team. Always the case for the first round. Uh, so that's why we got the draw here. I think we're headed to Notre Dame yeah, for South the Bend. second round. South, oh, yeah, South Bend. So, um, so boy, it was great. Uh, they came from behind in this game. Uh, they were came out of the box. So University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee is a Horizon League school, but don't let that fool you. Those Horizon League programs, often they're recruiting, especially in the Midwest, Horizon Big Ten, they're recruiting from the same schools, the same region. So there's not a huge... Um, skill difference, unless it's Detroit Mercy, in which case, <laughs> but that stated, uh, the rest of these, you know, so th- this was a good, this was a really good game trailed. We kept equalizing, um, really proud of Justina and Celia Gaynor, two sisters who each scored in this game, um, uh, in regulation, Cameron Evans, another graduate student, um, with Celia Gaynor. Graduate forward Cameron Evans getting the game winner in the 105th, the go-ahead goal to take them into the second round of the tournament. Um, this is a tough thing. You know, emotions rule, especially when you're coming from behind and then you hit overtime. Milwaukee, even at home, even in East Lansing, was really um, controlling the tempo, registering passes, and and really ultimately capitalizing on some offensive and defensive missteps on the part of the, the women's Spartans. So um, the fact that they came back, scoring off of a corner kick at one point, you know, just um incredibly impressive and uh cannot wait to see them i don't know if their opponent's been announced oh it is it's texas uh, christian yeah. horned frogs of texas christian 
uh, and they play on the 18th, which I believe is on Friday, right? Uh, so. Correct. 2 p.m. 2 p.m. And uh, TCU is ranked 17th. So I would guess MSU would be, you know, if there's a line favored in that game, in that matchup, is MSU yeah. still considered to be a top 10 team? Oh yeah, no, no, sixth ranked and fourth seeded. So these, uh, this should, you know, as much of a, an advantage exists, um, every single one of these games from this from this point on out, though, is rankings mean nothing, right? This is the great thing about these games, like the basketball um, big dance. This is uh, this is what we're doing. So good for them. Let's see how deep they go. Speaking of going deep, how about this hockey team, huh? Yeah, swept Ohio State uh, at Munn, uh, winning on Thursday this past week, four to two, and then winning on Friday, four to three. Ohio State was tenth in the nation. Um, Michigan State is currently sitting atop the Big Ten in points uh, uh, for ice hockey. Wild, absolutely <laughs> wild. That new coach bump. Um, it's great. Uh, I don't. I, you know. I, I was I was told that I shouldn't have canceled my Big Ten Plus uh, subscription. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, get folks get in there before it becomes too difficult to uh, uh, to get tickets. Yeah, so. I got to get down to Mun. Uh, just a reminder: if you're an MSU FCU uh, account holder, you get free tickets for a few games this year. I think uh, follow ups against Notre Dame and. I want to, I was going to say another Ohio state tilt, but I'm not sure about that one. So, um, pretty exciting. Get down to Mun. Uh, I got to get down there and we, we should, you know, we should do that, Kevin, because I think you and I are both in account with Michigan state university federal credit union. Yes, we should. Let's have a, let's have a, let's have hmm. a little walk on down. to Mun. Yeah. We should have a walk on down to Mun. Michael, do you want to open an account with the, uh, the MSU FCU as in your olden days? Uh, do they refund ATM withdrawals? Rude. They might. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> small, price uh, small price to pay. Uh, all right. Let's um, let's let's say some. Oh, do we want to? Are we going to keep punting on the board? Yeah. At this right. point, why bother? Yeah. <laughs> that's it's, honestly, and that's them winning. Is that we've reached a point of apathy about the board? All right. Why bother? Okay. Um. All right, uh, let's say a kind word about our friend Brandon with an E, stands with a Z, uh, with Gold Star Mortgage. Gold Star Mortgage. Um, Brandon is a, uh, a loan officer who works for Gold Star, manages a team with them. Uh, Gold Star is a Fortune 500 company based in Michigan that funds over a billion dollars in mortgages annually. Brandon's team has 100 years of combined industry experience, licensed in 32 states, including the entirety of the Big Ten footprint uh, and future Big Ten with the exception of Iowa. Brandon is consultative. Rates are among the best in the country. And my favorite thing about Brandon is that they sell every kind of loan product that there is. So uh, you can find the product that fits your needs if you're in the market to buy right now. Uh, find Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z at Gold Star Mortgage. Anyone else want to chime in here? Great. Do it. Don't be a fool. That's what I got. All right. Uh, let's head off Grand River. I smell bacon. <laughs> and he uh, he's sizzling a little bit. He's feeling the heat, I think, on this one. Uh, so Pun- let's explain to people who are not online. Yes. What Pun- happened? Do like, you let's f- set the table. Take this. 
Yeah, I can start uh, because I uh, eh, debased myself on the group text. Um, listen, John U. Bacon. What did he? I mean, apparently he had nothing else to do tonight, today, or was it last I, I night? Did, I envisioned that he woke up this morning, got his French press, <laughs> yes, got yes. his coffee, w- went to his writing area with oh, his God. laptop, yeah. logged in, and said. Today I choose violence, and and the violence he inflicted on us was twenty plus. What was twenty five or so tweets? Twenty five tweets yep. in an unnumbered thread because he even he didn't know how far he was going to go in this mess. <laughs> um, tr- truly flummoxing why he decided to publish it. Um, referencing um, unnamed anonymous sources, basically saying aim for their knees, claiming that Michigan State coaches or officials on the sideline and players were encouraging defenders, blockers, tacklers, et cetera, to aim for the knees as if such a thing was either a like unique in sports or B not the appropriate mechanism by which to tackle for safety's reasons. I don't, I don't really know. Obviously I don't, I don't play. There was this thought that, um, I don't know. He went there. I, 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 there's so many places places to take this, but the end of it. So he starts with, so there's no, let's just start with no journalistic integrity, uh, mm-hmm. quoting anonymous unnamed sources who clearly have a bias because they're employed by the university of Michigan working on the sideline and have done so for many, many years, which he tries to use to cite the sort of like, look at all their years of experience. And, and, and these clearly neutral people are saying it's the worst they've ever seen it. There could be nothing that would get them to change or conflate any of their past experiences. Um, so that's insane. But then he ends it with this bizarre attack on the Big Ten, Kevin Warren particularly, which, of course, he has to remind us, like only a University of Michigan affiliated individual can that his son plays for Michigan State. Um, As a walk Yeah, plays in quotation marks. Um that they're ha- that they haven't the Big Ten hasn't done anything. And where where is this report? The silence is deafening. I mean, it's just it is such a nothing burger that he just wants her to. He has nothing else to talk about. I guess I don't know how how embarrassing for him. I think that is the important thing. I I think I think he knows it too. I think he already knows, and he thinks that the criticism that's being levied against him online is valid. I mean, if if indeed the staff was encouraging uh, the team, which I'm not. I'm not so naive as to think that there's probably not uh, un, un, you know, colorful language used on sidelines and probably right. some hyperbole in terms of violence that's that's being uh, thrown around. Yeah. Uh, but if if indeed uh, these uh, young men were being coached to harm actively harm the other team as is being uh, accused of here, I think we would have seen a much dirtier game for. All of the hand-wringing that uh, we've been seeing coming out of the University of Michigan, I don't think anyone has pointed at specific plays of, you know, like really dirty play on either Blake Corum or J.J. McCarthy. Uh, I think the one of them, the other one was we were being told to break J.J. McCarthy's arm. Um, Now, again, I'm not... I'm not so naive as to be John U. Bacon to think that, oh, maybe something like this you could ever be said on a football sideline uh, or or this line in here about how uh, Ohio State 
you know, when they come to down, it's all business and they <laughs> want to get a win. Like, there's videos of dudes shouting at stuff in the crowd and tossing the double birds. And they love that stuff when it's Ohio state, because it suits their narrative about how important and inflated they are. Um, but this is, this is John U bacon, but you know, this is another example of how important it is for that program and those affiliated with it, because make no mistake, John's bacon is made selling books to this fan base yeah. That denigrating MSU as a university and as a program is the most important thing. And he'll go back to that well over and over again, as he has he, done before. Yeah. And He's their avatar. It. Yeah. Like, um, Plum, I, I had a, I had a question for you about this because, you know, the, 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 again, these anonymous sources, the hand wringing about, you know, the conduct on the sideline. Um, you're, you're an official. Or you used to be an official, a referee uh, yep. in soccer. Um, yep. Different sport, obviously, but like, surely there's a uh, a decorum level, even in football, that could be reached where it, it would be a penalty, right? Sure. That you could say something that is out of bounds enough, sure, for it to be um, a penalty. Uh, yeah, like a Tom Izzo technical foul situation. Or well, let's a... and and let's be clear. Let's just remember, okay? In the Big Ten, particularly, and I, I'm again, I was, I've never been a Big Ten football referee, so there's a very limited bandwidth I can talk about in terms of what they are. Uh, you see coaches throughout the NCAA. Anytime you're watching TV, you see them chomping on the linesman, right? They're just yeah. That's that's that guy's job. That's his one job, right? Marking when the guy goes out of bounds and literally listening to the head coach. When I refereed in the Big Ten, we were effectively paid to deal with whatever the head coach said. The assistant coaches couldn't say anything, and we would run assistant coaches left, right, and center because they couldn't say anything. But the head coaches would have, and you don't, I mean, and I'm just as a Spartan, I'm going to tell you, I say a lot of things on this podcast. Damon Rensing, the head coach for the Michigan men's soccer team, Michigan State men's soccer, because I'm just, and I love Michigan State. Damon is truly, truly an unhinged, unhealthy individual. The things he would say to us would make your hair curl and your eyes pop out of your head. And, and we took it because we were told to take it. So there is an expectation that's, that you don't. I mean, John Bloom from Ohio State when he was coaching there. Oh, my God. So that's just the game. So we can say it's good or bad, fine. But as long as the conference is allowing it, who fucking cares? The referees don't have a voice in this because they want the assignments. It seems like a journalist would have taken this information and asked, hey, officials throughout the conference or or the, uh, the Midwest, does MSU have a particular uh like right reputation for this is mel tucker indeed that much more abusive than anyone else i would i have seen no indication that that would be the the truth in fact the guy on the other sideline i think has been flagged many times for his conduct in dealing with officials and and i'm not aware of even a warning no, Tucker is not one, not one. And, 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 and historically, this is the first season we've ever even seen him chirp at the officials. I mean, I think I said as early as the Western game, why isn't he screaming at the referees? 
because you have to. If ever, and I, you know, maybe this is, I'll say it's wrong. It is wrong. But if everyone else is fucking doing it, you're not getting an advantage by not doing it. Mm -hmm. Truly, it's like basketball. It really does have an impact. When you look at the number of teed up uh, technical decisions that happen, and then immediately on the next end of the uh, court, you're getting the offensive charge or you're getting the, the block. Your team is getting that as a way to sort of turn the pendulum back around human phenomenon and it happens in refereeing and you can objectively see it. So, so. I, here's the thing about John and his, his diatribe is because I, it's not just like, I don't trust John's sources and you know, you shouldn't trust him because for one, like he says, he didn't even go to the university of Michigan, which implies the other one did. Yes. Uh, but the also like these people give up their entire Saturdays to be on the field at Michigan. So like, let's not kid ourselves, but right. the, there's a couple things here that are uh, puzzlesome. Uh, first is puzzlesome. First is this complaint that the Big Ten hasn't wrapped up their investigation. Mm-hmm. Now, the the investigation at hand is about conduct that took place in the tunnel, and to support his whatever claim, he cites sideline conduct, which are wholly unrelated. One is not related to the other. Mm. Second, I don't know what John and other people associated with that university expect the Big Ten to do. Yeah. I, you know, first of all, this notion that the Big Ten should just wrap up the investigation means that they would have been doing an investigation concurrently with a police department, which, you know, they're not going to do. They're going to let no. law enforcement go first. Which they would be criticized for doing that as well, for coming to a conclusion before they have all of the facts from the from the yeah. police investigation. Mm-hmm. You'll note uh, MSU got sued by a staffer and let that staffer go because they conducted their own investigation without letting law enforcement go first. Mm-hmm. So like it is a big no, no. Um, so I don't, but then this, there's this other claim that, because it truly was a bit of an unhinged thread that he put together there that Kevin Warren needs to recuse himself. Recuse himself. Yeah. Like I a, don't know what like that means. Justice. <laughs> Like what, what, what do you, what punishment do you, John Bacon, or any other person who, who seems to think that this is a worthwhile conversation about recusal, what punishment do you truly think the Big Ten is going to hand down that will affect the son of Kevin Warren? Because I assure you, at worst, it is a few players being suspended or kicked out of the Big Ten and a fine to Michigan State. That's yeah. where it's capping. They're not killing the program. I, I made my way over to MGO blog for the first time this season to see what the, what the ideas were that were being bandied about. Mm-hmm. And there are true expectations that MSU is going to get bowl bans laid down by the Big Ten, that what? MSU is going to lose scholarships. I'm not aware of any conference ever handing out those types of, of penalties to a team in its own conference where it would financially benefit from yeah. that team going to the bowl. Uh, you're unhinged uh, if you think <laughs> any of those things. The other thing is, and we've been very, very clear about this. It is unacceptable to hit someone with your helmet. It's unacceptable to stomp on someone. Um, Punch if, someone. Yes. If, if you were involved, particularly in the helmet incident, I don't want you ever taking a snap again Yeah. In at Michigan State. I'd prefer probably that you 
weren't here on campus ever again, even as in the capacity as a student. However, if most of the stuff that happened in that tunnel had happened on the sideline instead, this stuff would be over by now. Wouldn't even be talking about it. Yeah, it would be we would, law enforcement wouldn't be involved. And here's the other thing that like, sorry, Kevin, to cut you off, but it, like that really pisses me off is that that Jim Harbaugh and Ward Manuel upped the stakes immediately. They went straight to criminal charges. And so now that's where they've moved the Overton window. Yeah, well, the Washington County attorney. Yeah, uh, the prosecutor's office. Prosecutor's yeah. office has received the the police investigation and so now that what would we can all agree is unacceptable behavior yep. and 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 cuz frankly there is a lot of we condone what is actually illegal in a lot of sport like and by condone i mean like hockey right hockey players fight it's against slashing, the rules attacking with a stick yes <laughs> Like, so if all of this had happened on the field, it, it doesn't mean that I'm proud of it, that I think that the players shouldn't be kicked off the team or, or you know, suspended for a period of time. I absolutely think those things, they, they were, what they did was wrong and not representative of the university. But by going to where they went, yep. now, now there is no coming back from that conversation. Mm-hmm. And you have chosen to make the conversation about young black men being put into the criminal justice system. and. And there's not a positive outcome there. <laughs> like, truly, like, truly, do you think that, that someone having a life-altering consequence is what is best and necessary for this to happen? And, and it seems to me that John Bacon is trafficking in very much this, like, there needs to be more done here. Yeah. I, I just don't see it. I, like, I don't see... They're suspended. They've been suspended indefinitely. Like what you've got your pound of flesh. Like how much more are you expecting to get from this? Should we talk about the other thing that John Bacon is getting very close to trafficking in as well? The dog whistling. It's a little uncomfortable, John, uh, be honest with you. Um, (laughs) the extent that you're apparently willing to go to start painting a team in a program helmed by black men uh-huh. using a lot of the language and a lot of the concepts that have been used to justify not giving men of color these types of positions in the past. Mm-hmm. And I would be careful about this. I'm not saying that he did it here. Yeah. I'm saying he's in the neighborhood. Maybe. Yes, and 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 and, and, and t- tack it on to not being able to trust Kevin Warren. Yeah, like like that's you're you you both believe that uh, Kevin Warren is incapable of being above board because he has a walk on son on Michigan State's program, um, and yeah, that you you are using three levels of hearsay to paint a picture about a program that is uh, undisciplined and violent. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Yeah, yep. it, it's not great. Um, all right, John, you fuck you. I will point out though, maybe it's true. Maybe in two years after like 15 more fights or something like that, maybe this will be, but there's this, there's no other evidence to suggest that any of this is true. So, and let's not forget they choked Kenneth Walker last year. They literally choked 
Kenneth Walker. So call the police. Honestly, <laughs> I would love Kenneth Walker to call up and be like, "Hey, I have to report a crime." Yeah, my five touchdowns and a chokehold. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's let's preview some stuff. Now that we're we? revved up, should we do real hate week? Yeah. <laughs> all right, Jensen Charms, this it's the real one. Uh, this Saturday, another big noon kickoff for the Big Ten Conference. Indiana, the Hoosiers are coming to town. And let me tell you, uh, forks down forever. Uh, this team, if you're not aware, currently three and seven. I think their only Big Ten win is against uh, that Illinois team at the very beginning of the year, Jonesy, when you and I fought about whether or not it was a good football game and I kind of liked it. Uh, other than that, they're on like a six-game skid. They just got trounced in uh, in Columbus by Ohio State, which can happen to anyone. But um, in the course of that, a couple interesting things. Um, quarterback Connor uh, Bazelik, Bazlak, Bazlak was kind of benched in the in the first quarter after you know Indiana went down twenty-one to nothing. And they brought in Dexter Williams uh, in relief of him. And Dexter Williams is two-way player. You know, he is uh, uh, a a run-heavy quarterback. In fact, he was their leading rusher in that game against uh, Ohio State. But I would say that his performance was just as mid as Mr. Melzak's. But I'm getting the impression from uh, comments that were made by Tom Allen after the game that... Youth uh, pastor well, Tom Allen. What's that? Youth pastor Tom Allen. Youth pastor. That's right. That <laughs> mm, uh, they might be looking in this direction uh, to, as a starter for Saturday. I would be almost kind of surprised at this point. Uh, they use language like really gave us something extra in the game and, and stuff like that. That implies like it's going to be hard to go back sure. from that. Um. The good news uh, for the Spartans is uh, the Indiana defense is not very strong. In fact, the Ohio State, you know, running game averaged like I think over eight yards per carry on them, uh, and that's been a wasn't that with issue. two injuries too? Yeah, it's been a recurring yeah. issue for Indiana. So uh, maybe Plum Jalen Berger gets uh, even more in your good graces if such mm. a thing uh, is possible. Nom 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 nom. <laughs> Um, okay. And, uh, I, I mean, this, this is an Indiana team that I guess technically could max out at five wins, which may be bowl eligible, but this is a MSU team that could secure its bowl eligibility with this game at home. And I expect, I don't know what the line is. I don't know what it opened up at, but I would expect MSU to win this game and get to six wins on the season. Your guys' thoughts on the on the Hoosiers? I just want the bowl game. I just, I just that's want all that I care. Tomb, baby. It would be nice to it would be nice to hold on to a trophy, um, but I want those extra practices. Um, should we talk about some shooty hoops? Two shooty games hoops. this week. Two games. Two big names too. Uh, names, we got game. Kentucky and Villanova, though I don't know that Villanova is very good. Yeah, uh, they lost to your alma mater there, Jonesy, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They lost to my owls. Um, the law ooh, school is right across ooh. the street from the stadium. 
Ah. Um, but the, uh, yeah, it lost 64 to 68 uh, to Temple. And, uh, you know, it was technically at Temple, but it's all the same town. So it's not a meaningfully. Yeah, it's sort of like, a, would you call it a, like a neutral site game or would you call it like a. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know that Temple's got a ton of energy right now. Um, Do you want to fill the the gaping hole that's been left by uh, in uh, Philadelphia basketball lore by Brendan Quinn going national and going golf and talk about talk about the team, the Philadelphia teams and those great games? You, you had know? me at gape. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about this <laughs> Kentucky team just a little bit? Yeah. So, uh, you guys are not going to be surprised to find out that there are three freshmen that are getting, uh, quite a lot of run, At uh, Kentucky, Carson Wallace, uh, uh, Nienso, uh, and Livingston, I believe is the last one. I'm just glancing at their, uh, at the, at the list here. Um, so those three guys get a lot of run. Um, what's interesting is you're going to see some seniors out there though, uh Shavir Wheeler is back. Uh he's out there, senior running around, little guy. Um, so they let's see, they played Howard and Nesk, uh, and there's not really a whole lot to learn from either of those games. So I don't know, guys. Like, what do you think of this of the like we've done okay against Kentucky in the past? Yeah, I what's I our think, champions classic record against Kentucky? We've got a is it two and two or something like that? Sure, I believe that. I'll buy it. I think the question's Oscar Oshibwe, right? Yeah. Like, can Madi Sissoko hang? And if the foul trouble happens, then yikes. Like <sighs> that this is gonna be the place that Tom Izzo is gonna have to figure something out. Because as much as Madi's been able to hang so far, that that's my concern, is that mm. eventually the fouls are going to get there, even if we're generally speaking happy with this performance, right? Like it can't be, you can't go off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that like Ishiwe, it seems to me like if you can if you can shut that down, you get a shot. All right, there we go. Um, do we want to talk about? Villanova, first reminder to everyone, uh, they got a new coach. Kyle Neptune uh, is now the Villanova head coach. I can't take someone seriously with the last name Neptune. Neptune. Um, and the most important thing, of course, is that they lost to a Temple team who is, I don't know, where's where's Temple on the, on the Ken Palm? I mean, it's going to be in the like high double digits, right? It's Temple. It's 97. 97. There we go. High double digits is right. So lost to Temple uh, by by four points. Um, Better Damian offensively Dunn, than defensively. They've got they've got big uh, sophomore energy. Uh, Damien Dunn is, you know, playing like every minute that he possibly can. Uh, Cleve Battle uh, also playing a ton of minutes. So. Um, those are, those are your, your sophomore wings. Um, so I, I don't, 
I mean, to be completely honest with you, I don't know a ton about either of these teams and we don't have a ton of tape on them, but I, I think we, we should be favored against Villanova. And I think we've got a real shot against Kentucky, honestly. I, uh, I, after, you know, we'll see if Gonzaga is the real deal this year. Um, but after watching that game, I, I'm optimistic that we're going to be able to hang more than I thought we were going to be able to hang. So, uh, I think, I think when we talk next week, we're going to know a lot about this team. Yeah. Um, should we, uh, should we do some Twitter questions? I thought we were going to talk about Gavit for a while. Just be like, Gavit, such a great guy. The Gavit games are so important. Wait, is this a Gavit game? I think I think Villanova is the Gavit game, yeah. Oh, my god! I look forward to the Gavit games every year. It is the one thing in life that I can set my clock to, and it gives me meaning. Jim Gavit, widely recognized and loved for his heroism in the war, the Great War, and his efforts to create the first string cheese sold commercially in supermarkets in the United States. (laughs) Jim Gavitt. (laughs) All right, let's do these Twitter questions. First up is the RU screw podcast who asks, welcome back guys. Do you guys understand how insane it is that we got 460 yards in a Big Ten game? Uh, I will say if anyone does, for some reason, want to listen to a Rutgers podcast, they're fantastic. Uh, And yeah, we're not happy about it either. Um, Yeah, uh, but, you know, ask any real racer. Winning is winning. Uh, next up from the Mike Jones. I love Tyler Hunt's story, video guy to punter to tight end. It's amazing. Make a movie about him, but for F sake, can we please quit targeting him in big moments and crucial situations? Why can't those targets go to Carr or Barker? Uh, Hunt had to go four for six on targets yesterday. I, I think he had, it had four, two, six targets. I yeah. Think all, which all went unreceived. Yeah. He did not have a performance uh, on Saturday. Unfortunately, you are absolutely right. Mike Jones. Uh, he would certainly not be getting any of your delicious, delicious, sweet, sweet liquor. And he doesn't um, deserve it for whatever it's worth. I don't, I think the video guy thing is actually the Bryce Behringer story. Um, Cause Bryce was off the team for a while and then came back. But, uh, I will one quick thing, Alex, is that the only reason Tyler Hunt gets those targets is because no one suspects that he'll get the targets. Oh, that's how it works. Wow. That that kind of circular logic and reasoning is exactly why Jay Johnson is still employed uh, on this football it team. Is, it, they, they were all it's seemingly in short yardage situations where you bring him in to do the run blocking mm-hmm. and then they're like, psych, we're going to pass it to our worst pass catcher. <laughs> and it's going to work one of these times and... You're going to be blown away. Seriously, one of these times. Though Peyton Thorne did sail him twice, uh, in fairness. that Two of them were on Peyton. Anyway. Peyton's really uh, good. Really good. <laughs> Next up from Mike Jones. How did you guys forget to mention Mati Sissoko would be the best player on the Hoops team this year? I come here for the hard-hitting expert opinions and talent evaluations. Can't believe you guys missed that one. <laughs> uh, That's I on you. Mike, you... Yeah, you must you must have misheard us. We were on the Mahdi train the whole time, never a doubt in our all minds. last season. Yeah, you That's should re-listen to all of last us. seasons. Yeah. All right. 
All right. Um, last from Mike Jones. Can someone find and heal Hank Pepper, please? Bryce got hit on a punt yesterday because of a bad snap. We can't afford to lose him. Why didn't we beat up the guy in the tunnel after he hit our MVP? Our charges being pressed. Are the U.S. Marshals after him? This is the real question. And because you asked this on Twitter, you can expect that John Bacon will be writing a book about you, Mike Jones, and how absolutely morally vacuous you are. How dare you? Next up, go MSU butt boy 69 My favorite Twitter handle. Please go get yourself a white check and a blue check. Do you feel better or worse, Michael Jones, after that game? I don't know what game he's talking about. Not just about the, the team, but about yourself as a human being. Yeah. <laughs> I will say uh, time helped uh, soften that mm-hmm. game a little bit for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but after the game, I was like, I just watched Rutgers put up four over 400 yards of offense and we weren't able to tackle them. It was, it was, it was bothersome. Didn't care for it. Yep. Uh, next up below six, seven, eight, eight um, plum better chance. We found a legitimate kicker or a legitimate five. Uh, oh, five until i mean ben and ben Patton has we're gonna give him a longer runway because it's too soon to say can't say uh kevin greck better chance football goes eight and five or basketball wins the big 10 uh, i'll take basketball i think can they can they even go eight and five? how could yeah how bowl. can we even go eight and five? Oh, the bowl who the bowl win no but oh. how many games do we have oh we have ohio state and penn state yeah you're right okay Indiana. We'd have to win Indiana. out. Uh, oh, we already lost to Ohio State. So then we, we could. So then how could we? we? No, no. We, if we win against Bowling. Indiana, that puts us at six. And then six. if we win against Penn State, that's seven. Oh, and then seven. And then eight. Game. Sorry. Well, when one considers below that uh, the the talking heads have, have tapped uh, Indiana as the team to beat in the Big Ten, I think you got a shot at it. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's fair. I don't think they're running away with that thing. And uh, from what I saw from Amani's Eastern Eagles, uh, Michigan isn't running away with it either. So I, I think it it's in play, uh, and it seems more likely to me than winning on the road at Penn State and winning a bowl game. Uh, Greg, uh, uh, follow up here. Wildest guess on what Carson Cooper did to not play Friday. Well, Tom Izzo was asked about this in the press conference uh, or on the side of the ship or wherever it was, you know, in the in the John, in the head. I don't know (laughs) where they were. Uh, Basically, he said, don't coach my team. And then was like, the freshmen aren't ready to play. They're idiots. Ask them. So Carson uh, did something to cross Tom Izzo that day. I don't know what it is. He said, print that. He said, <laughs> "You, if you, you got to be prepared to play. Print that." Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm guessing it has something to do with the weather down in San Diego and the, and I don't know, you know, you sunbathing. Uh, that's right. Uh, bonus question from Below, which we're, we'll, we'll do. We're charitable. Uh. Tom Mars, David Diamond, John U. Bacon. What's the next stupid name that comes out of the woodwork to say something about the MSU U of M tunnel game? Uh, <laughs> Masalem's already spoken on it, so it, he's 
He's gone. Joel Ferguson. Joel oh, yeah, Ferguson. We haven't heard from Uncle Joel, have we? Where is he at? Is he grandfather now? I don't know. How old is he? Is he like 700? He's he just, just seems he, like an old man. He's been on the board since 1953. Yeah, I... I think he's taken over the the mantle of reanimated corpse from yeah. uh, from uh, uh, what's his buckets. Yeah. Maybe Angler steps up. That'd be yeah. Nice. Speaking oh. of reanimated bloated corpses, uh, <laughs> next up from the Shervert, uh to me, Gonzaga felt like a W and Rutgers felt like an L. How does the pod feel? I, I co-sign on that. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that. I don't because there's no moral victories. In well, but but the Rutgers, but Rutgers feeling like a loss. There's no moral losses. So a victory is a victory, a loss is a loss. But in terms of the feelings of it, I feel a lot better about the season than I did not going into Gonzaga and sure. Rutgers. I don't feel any better about this team than I haven't. So I think that's the right assessment. I also don't feel worse about this team than before. But that's yeah. No, I I I. I I will co-sign in that it was frustrating to see a regression on fundamentals. Like the inability to tackle was mind blowing, but the calling timeouts would also be very nice. Uh, but the, but uh, you know, we are they're keep, they keep chopping, keep chopping. Speaking of which, Sharp uh, reminds us of this angle that we should have brought up last week in our preview because we were schooled on this last year. Uh, I'd like to propose that the past three seasons against Rutgers was essentially just Mel and Greg Schiano playing rock, paper, scissors, chop. And the winner gets to use keep chopping exclusively the next year. Who says no? Eh. I mean, eh. it's just ours. We get it. I mean, they thing. do, they do keep, uh, they, they do make the digs on the social media. Um, but you know, uh, you know, if you want to make an ax trophy, that's cool. All right. Last up from Sharpers, <clears throat> prop bet of the week, Bryce Berenger yards per punt by season end versus MSU Hoops win percentage in November, eight games. Uh, the over-under is at 49 and a half. Mm. Over, both. Yep, I'm on over. Wow, all right. I like it. Elon Bloom asks, guys, based on the Gonzaga game, will this basketball team be better than you thought this year? By a logarithmic factor, yes. Uh, with a big asterisk. There, we've seen what happens when certain players can no longer be in the game. So if there yes. are injuries, oh, wow. uh, still have those big concerns. Sure. Yeah. Mati Sissoko goes down. We I'm are. just saying, <laughs> then Steven Izzo steps up. Like, this is the kind of thing that he We didn't really... even talk about that, the manufactured opportunity for Steven Izzo. Oh, for yeah. Playing. When Tom went and told... <laughs> I think I think it was the other way around. I think it was an offer. I think it was the other way around. The the, the coach offered to do it. Yeah. Oh, that's Uh, nice. I like how we hacked back as like the quid pro quo. Uh, Like, okay, these are offsetting uh, intentional vowels. Uh, And I also like that Stevie didn't biffed. biffed (laughs) Like it's never going to happen for him. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the story of Izzo goes to Broadway. Actually, for any of us that saw that when it was at Walton. Wait, what? This would have been like 2009, something like that. Uh, Izzo did a musical uh, called Izzo Goes to Broadway at Wharton Center. And the story was all about the big free throw that he missed in high school or college that put his life on a collision course with coaching and greatness. 
It, the last musical number, and this is true, ends with a giant hoop coming down from the ceiling at Wharton Center, and Tom Izzo himself with a ball throwing it through the hoop. So this is the cringiest shit I've ever heard. It was incredible. I, so I watched <laughs> it from the from the upper tier, <laughs> the upper deck. Yes. Wow. With the jerk guy. Uh, next up from Elon Bloom. Uh, how about that hockey team sweeping the number ten team? Plum, your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, we need to get Jer Bear back here because this is going to be a program team and uh, cannot wait to go see them play against uh, Penn State on January 13th, Friday, January 13th. It's going to be a spooky hockey night. Uh, All right, we got to pencil that in. And finally, Jonesy, uh, what is your opinion on where MSU football will be next year? Up, down, or same? Ah, uh, that is, uh, I, I have zero reason to believe that it will be up and, and that's, that's okay. If it's young, like if we get a lot of young guys out there, I'm, I can mostly be fine with that. That's only okay. If we also have a very young offensive coordinator and even younger defensive coordinator. And I'm looking at like 19 year old coordinators who can grow with this program because anything at this point. Teenage boys who get other teenage boys. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Next up is Thomas Zambiasi, who asks, should the Big Ten NCAA have some official way of discouraging whatever Rutger tried to pull on the Neal plays? Did you guys see this? I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't see it. They were trying to force a fumble. Is that what it was? Yeah, they they were trying to blow the snap up and get, yeah, get Thorne to, to fumble on the... You know, I mean, like it's you got to play the downs. Yeah, they had an opportunity to get the ball back and maybe score and extend the game. So I I wouldn't want to see it if they were down multiple scores. But when you're down one score, like I'm with you, I think you got to play to win the game if it's within the rules and nobody's getting hurt. Yeah, right. If because you'd be you'd be pissed, obviously, if someone did get hurt Mm -hmm. um, and then you'd be livid if you were down multiple scores and someone yeah. got hurt. Yeah. If Rutgers is down 15 pulling this, then what's, what's the hurt was- risk? Why is there a risk to getting hurt? What am I not understanding? Well, just, I mean, cause normally in a Neil play, if no one they really don't even contest yeah, it, everyone sort of, but yeah. And so instead Rutger was actually, I saw this. You know, yeah. They were contesting yeah, going it at the knees. Kind of, yeah. Which, they're not supposed to go at the knees, Michael. They're not supposed to go yeah. at the knees. I wonder what the what our staffers think about them going after the knees. Oh my god! I hope they told the to the Big Ten linesman. Oh, I get so worked up and uh, the knees. Oh, the knees, not the knees. Oh, I'm gonna write a a letter to Kevin Warren. Oh, he better recuse himself. Oh, I get so mad. Oh, to Kevin Warren. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm the only one that really enjoys it. I think I I really enjoy. I think Jones pretends to. I've come around. I, I I hated it. I've come around. Uh, uh, I wish you would have gotten Powers Warren in there, though. Oh, oh. there's Warren over there. Oh. <laughs> uh, Thomas also asks, MSU has been doing pretty okay when I decide to focus on Indiana football. Yeah, yeah, I know. What do I do for the Spittoon game? Well, first of all, Thomas, forks down. Uh, yeah. So there's that. Uh Spit? I don't. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? At your TV or your wife or children, wherever, whatever you dog. 
think Thomas might be in school. <laughs> anyway, Thomas, I think Thomas has a dog. I think I follow Thomas on the Twitters. Z, z. Uh, spit at your dog. That's what I'll be doing. And then we go. cleaning it up. Yep. Uh, oh, no, he's at IU for grad school. Oh. oh, all right. Well, Thomas, uh, you know, go on over to Nick's English hut, you know, grab yourself a biz to sink and uh, enjoy the game. I got a better one. Go to all of those bland looking limestone buildings. You can't even tell them apart. They're so bland and spit on each one. And then you'll be able to tell them apart based on where you spit. Last up. <laughs> It if, is like that in Bloomington. It's all the exact same They're the building. same building. It's very upsetting. I've been there once. If MSU wins this weekend, can a Conrad's be built in Bloomington in honor of the occasion? Grandma Kunj replies, is Zambiasi the coolest last name out there? And that is the appropriate response to his question. It will be called Conrad Zambiasi's in Bloomington. Is Conrad's closed? Uh, No. Okay. No. Oh, it's just uh, the, the the one location in Frandor. The, the one, well, the one in Frandor had a fire. Uh, the one that is in like the a former... Sundance Chevrolet fire, or <laughs> <laughs> there was there was uh, all of the paperwork was at that one. Oh my god, no! <laughs> what? Not the papers. Uh, oh, all of our uh, all of our pay uh, slips were at that uh, one. Weird, crazy. Mm. The the grease fire got out of control in the back office. It was strange. <laughs> the, um, uh, the one, stupid. the Conrad's that closed was uh, the one at the former Gumby's location. Uh, that place is cursed. All right, next up is Nate C. Will five wins get a bowl, or do you think we need to get Indiana? Um, I don't know. It, 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 do we need to? to- do we need to get in Diana? I think that's very inappropriate, and I don't think that we should answer that question. It seems, especially given that I learned from MGO blog uh, the, today that we're going to get a you know an imposed bull ban, bull ban from the, bull ban because of what happened, the, uh, and we deserve it. We deserve it. Really, all of the players should probably be forced to self-immolate in the middle of the field. So Next up from Nate C, which preseason game left on the schedule do you think would be best? Would be the best to win? Which team do you think will sneak up on? Uh, let's take a look here. I mean, it's tough because we don't know who's going to be in the bracket for the PK 100 or 85, whatever I think it is. Um, oh, I'm going to go ahead and say Kentucky. I th- like, I think that's a good dub. I think so yeah. too. Me that's and good. I think Villanova. You want. I think, I think we can win the Ron Gavitt game by beating Villanova. I'd also very much like, and I Cousin think Jonesy would as well, to take that game at Notre Dame uh, in South Bend. Uh, I'd like that one very much, please. Yeah. If I'm looking for scalps, I'll take that one, please. Yeah. Um, but let's not say that again. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's not. <laughs> uh, let's go. Uh, Nate C says, are you ready to apologize and talk hockey yet? Yes, but only if you give me that signed Tom Izzo basketball that you got on the big, big boat. Wait, what? Oh, yes, yes. You need to look at his Twitter pictures. We... I mean, I saw he met Mark D. <laughs> oh, he met Mark D, and he got a – I think that signed basketball was I think for we him. we all know you're looking at the Twitter Twitter pictures. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that did uh... – Nothing. Oh, but I want that. I want that ball. Give me your ball, please. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, we we talked more hockey, I think, than we normally talk hockey. It's true. So and more we... than anyone really should. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next up from Carl, you do too much, bro. Why even is Rutger? I don't know. That's, That's a good fine. question. Mm-hmm. It's I I don't hate Rutger. It gives you a spot as a coastal elite, you know. Yeah. It makes sure I they make sure that you're in you had the Big Ten network and your television package, although Penn State would do that for you too in Philly. I would go, would you go back to a game there? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I would go to the rack. The music was too loud, right? Yeah. I would that's bring true. your I would I would bring your plugs. I would sure. definitely have hearing protection the next time. Uh <laughs> but yeah, I got I gotta get another fat sandwich here at some point. So <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, next up, Spartan 18770. Why does MSU hockey have a better chance of winning a championship before MSU football? That. It was just spicy. It was just does. And uh, yeah. Oh, maybe. yeah. Oh, does. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, maybe. I would There's... say no. It's it's a little premature here with the MSU hockey. Uh, though I would point out it's easier to win a championship That's, in that hockey was my than point. it is in yeah. football. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Like, you don't have the systemic differences in, yeah. in true talent Institutional levels. disadvantages against Ohio State. I had to uh, specify the team because there are other certain uh, there are other certain fan bases that have a losing record against us over the last fifteen years that would mm-hmm. have assumed that they're included in that when they are oh. not. Yeah, I was including Bama. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Is yeah. Uh, next up, Spartan 18770. Uh, how many uh, points would MSU have won by Friday if Keon Coleman was on the court? I would have taken Carr, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted more b- bigger body than I wanted. I thought we were doing okay from the wings. and Yeah. And honestly, the one of the things we didn't talk about is that the, uh, the rebounding has been shockingly good out of mm-hmm. the guards and wings. So... Um, yeah. Malik Hall had seven. Bogart had four. Uh, anyway, um, I'm with you, Carr. Uh, how much money will John U. Bacon donate from his tunnel book to the Anderson victims? Precisely zero dollars because he'll be too busy buying all of the books back off the shelves that won't sell uh, simply to keep his ratio high. I do think it's worth reminding folks that we we have from a credible authority that John U. Bacon does bring his books with him to public places as conversation starters for other people out at a restaurant. He has his own book with him. Yeah. He also cited his own book as a way to give himself cred in his rambling Twitter diatribe earlier to sort of say, see, I've said these things. It was a bizarre self reference and self own really. His record on Anderson is not good, by the way. Yeah. Is actually uh, Dudu Kaka? Yeah, Dudu Kaka. Okay. Next up, CT and TC, Michael Jones, what's your favorite pie? Uh, Blueberry. Interesting Uh, choice. Would not have gone in that direction. No, and it was the wrong answer. Kevin Greck, what's the best (laughs) zoo? What's the best zoo you've been to? Uh, Billy on the street. I like uh I, I like a there's a there's for a, a zoo. dollar there's for a, a zoo dollar. on US two in the Upper Peninsula. Oh that, my god, uh, the US two I've zoo. Forced to walk through a number of times, and then like the rest forced of the world, <laughs> when I watched 
the uh, the Tiger King, I was like, oh, we have one of these places. It's oh. in the UP. What's the one that's on? Is it 94? There's like a Jackson. It's near Jackson, the deer museum. Oh, yeah. Like the, the come in and see a hundred deer for some reason. Like anyone would ever want to do that. Who goes there? I've never understood. That's got to be cover for something else. I'm terrified when I'm driving on 94 that I'm going to see a deer come through my windshield. Why in the <laughs> hell do I want to stop to go see a bunch of deer eating and crapping. Why aren't they being shot in whatever pen yeah. they're in is the question. Yeah, that's correct. That is 100% I have correct. no interest in ever going to that place. All right, Plum, worst place to have the World Cup, Russia or Qatar? God, this is a really good question because it is a fucking hard one. I <laughs> think it has to be Qatar, not just because of the human rights record, but also because the weather does just not invite yeah. and the booze. soccer. There's no booze. Uh, but Russia's got to be a close second. I think, frankly, you might choose North Korea over either of those two. <laughs> uh, next up is the Keith Ski, which with the very best question I've ever read <laughs> on this podcast. It is. All right, we're gonna we're gonna do it this rapid. Just all right, all alternate. right. So you ask the question, and all then right. whoever gets asked the question will will go next. All right, Michael Jones, would you rather have Jalen Burger or a great burger? A great burger. Uh, uh, Greg, Peyton Thorn or a thorn in your side? They're the same thing, right? Uh, <laughs> oh. well, Jay Reed or a chance to read? <laughs> That'd be a chance to read. I got. I, hey. I deserve hope. I deserve hope. The podcast name tells you you can't choose that. He wants out. That was his quiet quitting right there. Someone help me. Uh, Michael Jones, uh, Malik Carr or a new car? A new car. Uh, Kevin Greg, Amir Speed or Keanu from Speed? Oh, Amir, I'm sorry, but it's got to be Keanu, right? That's some prime Keanu. Come on. Uh, Oh, Plum, this is a good one. Eli Collins or Tom Collins? I'm actually choosing Eli Collins, and I love a Tom Collins. I'd love to have a Tom Collins with Eli Collins. Ooh. That's right. Michael Jones, Cal Halliday, or a holiday to the Caribbean? Uh, Kiski ran out of energy on this one. Yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> he did. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to take that holiday to the Caribbean. Um, Great question. Right, yeah. Next up is Ali. Which game felt more like a loss, the football game or the Gonzaga game? We kind of covered on this. Though. Yeah, I think we asked. I think we answered that. I mean, uh, yeah. It's basketball. It, the actual loss is the more loss. Yeah, that's I'm true. Not on yeah, board. yeah, yeah. I'm not on board. It was a loss. It was a loss. All right, uh, Grooch, you had a worse game this week. Football, 10, basketball, 10, or Tudor Dixon? Tudor Dixon and Dixon. What was that? What did the uh, the vote count end up being? And did she uh, accept the vote Seven points? Was she seven points? 13 points? I don't know how many points she won by. A lot of points. Big Gretch, wow. man. Put on the buff, sis. You're my girl. Dude, she... She's got for the first time in our lifetimes. She's got the, a the full state house as well. Like yeah, ten points, ten and a half the points. The way things worked out for the Democrats here, unbelievable. By just about uh, five hundred thousand votes, add a girl. There we go. There you go, big gretch. Um, and finally, from Ali, a question for Plum: How satisfying was it to see Harbaugh take the L on Prop Three this week? Be courageous, Jim. <laughs> Just be courageous and let women control their own bodies, you stupid motherfucker. <laughs> God, you are an absolute d- 
douche tool, and I hope you fall off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan Hellpepper. Since it's Spittoon Week, Kevin Greck, have any of the pod ever tried? Oh, I guess this is for all of us. Have any of us ever tried chewing tobacco? I have not. I've tried dip, but not chewing tobacco. What's the difference between dip and chewing tobacco? I couldn't have told you. One either. you chew, one you do not. Uh-huh. Dip is the one you just put in, like, you know, yeah. in between the lip and the. Huh. But yeah. chewing tobacco, you actually do chew. So, mm-hmm. uh, Dan, I think it's you like, like leaf. Oh. oh, oh, well, now I have chewed betel nut in the peace court. Does that count? <laughs> Tell me more about betel nut. It's a oh, nut. Also, no, it's a, a euphemism. No, <laughs> that's good. That's a good question, but it's not. All right. Uh, Michael Jones, will the Hauser at the five lineup ever punish the other team with outside shooting or pick and pop plays? Fumble Ruski. Anything? I, you, there's literally nothing you can take about three point shooting. I mean, Gonzaga was at 22%. We were at 18%. Like it was bad. So I I hope so. Hauser had an okay game against Northern. I think he was our leading scorer against Northern Arizona. Mm -hmm. He looked good. Um, I I expect in three, yeah, I expect in a gym to see him play well and we'll, we'll, we'll be able to capitalize. Yep. Um, last up from Dan Hellpepper, uh, Oh, yeah. We yeah, should have talked about this. Ask me the question. Yeah, Plum, who will be the second former MSU athlete to become Speaker of the House? Oh, what a great question. Uh, Joe Tate out of Detroit is the uh, first Democrat Speaker of the House, uh, Speaker of the Michigan House in some time. I don't know, 10 mm-hmm. years, 10, 15 years, I think. Uh, so happy for him. Glad for Detroit to have some leadership at that level. I think only the second Detroit area Speaker of the Democrat Speaker of the House. Um, right. So anyway, Joe Tate, great for him. The second will be Cassius Winston. Oh, it could be Cassius Winston. I was actually going to say Bryce Barringer is going to move to Michigan, and with those Rex specs, take on the Capitol. All right, the Capitol punting over the punting Capitol. the punting on. Important legislate. I don't hunting the bill <laughs> over to the to the Senate to the office to, to take on the next governor of desk. our representative right, democracy. Is John, next up is John Hubbard. Can we not have those helmets again? I'd rather see neon camo instead. Kevin Greck. Uh, it did have big like, hey, did you guys know that Stephen Barry's left these discount uh, car oh, decals yes. uh, yes. in the back room yes. here? Yes. Do we have any use for these? It, it felt like that. Like, I love that we're mixing up the helmets a little bit more, and I've really liked some of the alternates in the past, but I found where my line is, and we went over it on Saturday. <laughs> oh, you mean performative patriotism. Got it. Well, one side had a, an MSU sticker or an MSU flag. Yep. The other one was... Um, uh, does anyone want to apologize for no. just tweeting the lamest stuff no. about flags? Ah, and US, for USC code 92 oh underscore subsection eight B. J. Uh, I apologize to all of our Twitter followers that they were subjected to that. And I can assure you that such lame content will be posted on people's personal accounts in the future. Mm, mm. maybe on our instagram 
<laughs> yeah. The important thing is no one will see it. And yeah. So. <laughs> uh, next up is uh, John Hubbard asks, looks like the pod pivoted to soccer just in time. World Cup starts in one week, and I assume that you're all stoked for the content that will be coming your way. Who is your team to watch? How long does the U.S. last? We are making it out of the group stage. Our first game, I think, is against Wales. A week from tomorrow, we are in group. I don't know what letter, but we are playing e? Iran, Wales, and Merry Old England, who I can only imagine that the loss of their monarch is going to just be flummoxed and totally uh, discombobulated along with Wales. Um, this is an eminently winnable group for us. Even if we, the best we do against England is draw, uh, Wales should be beatable. Iran should be beatable for those folks who don't know, because you hate yourself. Uh, the top two teams in every group advance into the, uh, the knockout stages of the uh, world cup. Scotland have its own team. Scotland does. I don't think they qualified this year, but yes, Scotland does have its own team. And that's why it's not great Britain. It's not the United kingdom. Each of these individual countries fields a team. So does Northern Ireland have its own team? That's that's a good question. I don't you. think they do. Ireland does, but I don't think that Northern well, sure. Ireland does. Um, anyway, mm. all right. Mm. Uh, John Hubbard asks, uh, now that the season has started, could the timestamps for when basketball comes up be included in the show notes? It will help with skipping ahead. <laughs> Thanks in advance. Uh, I don't know that Kevin cares to do that. Correct. That seems like extra work for me. So it will not be happening. No. Next up from Tyrone Couch. I love MSU hoops, but what the actual F word, and he did say F, F word. F word, he did. Uh, was that Gonzaga tackle? Uh, I'm already pissed at basketball and don't want to watch anymore. So what will you do when Izzo wins the tournament <laughs> this year? Um, I don't know what the tackle he's referring I'm to. Maybe sure it's the steal either. on, I think Tyson Walker had a steal that was like, he got bodied first. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the way, so we did trip. The yeah, the trip. Yes. That they were the, reviewing. Yeah. Yeah. For a flagrant on Tyson Walker. And it's like, huh? Well, there was um, the Hogard. Didn't Hogard like get knocked down and then he accidentally like tripped a guy? Maybe. Yeah, that was one maybe. Too. Um, anyway, uh, if he wins the tournament this year, Hypothetically, if he does, his 2023 class is coming in strong. He doesn't walk away, right? No, no. he's definitely not like he goes. Back. He goes back to back. Yeah, he goes back to back for sure. All right, next up, Greg. If they allow the players back, is Winman the o- Winman the only one that would play? Also, which is worse, MFN Horst ever coming back, or when my dad saw my sister on a dating site and yelled, "Bob, look at the ass on this one!" Before I told him it was his daughter. I'm glad to be adopted. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he, he spells out the swears for us to keep yeah. it, you know, nice yeah. and family friendly. And yeah. <laughs> just douses everything with gasoline. <laughs> uh, if he's allowed back on the team, Windman, I would say, is the only one that's playing for sure at this point. It does seem like elements of the defense have moved on from some of the uh some of the uh uh dismiss players but i think they would still be back in the rotation so uh jones you want to take this next one sure rant of the week the illinois oh no you can't do that chant was need at first the fourth to fifth time it's middle school quality they're as shitty as the dairy farm 
bowing the stench towards the stadium. I want to go back to just hating Paula Dean-esque Auburn fans and that fuck horse again. <laughs> that was good. Uh, uh, Rutgers really like to indulge in the, oh no, oh no. Yeah, that's right. Awful. I'm so glad that we don't do <laughs> oh, it. Awful. Awful. Uh, next up is always thinking 1835. Greg, good news. Somebody scooped your Flava Flav ultra deep cut from last week, having him on the field at their game. That was Bad my news. deep cut. That was oh, my deep cup. I'm sorry, Plum. Plum. Bad news was it was in Ann Arbor. Ah, damn it. That was Greg's deep cut. That was all Greg's deep cut. Uh, I feel badly about it now. I've come to think of it. Fuck. Really? He was there? I guess. I, can you imagine caring? <laughs> no, that's a good point. And I wouldn't, but for the fact that I somehow said it. Because someone asked me about clocks. All right. Mamopoli, first question, Michael Jones. What makes a grown man go ballistic on air when commenting on a college basketball player's readiness before a game? Uh, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to begin to suspect what Carson Cooper did to get that level of like it would he has the athleticism that he would have been useful in that game also can we use can we just push back on ballistic here like this is like cnn daytime like just desperately trying to get people also it wasn't on air break like it was on a uh, someone's phone phone yes yes it was not ballistic and like you it's his job to make sure that, you know, players are ready and they understand the consequences of their actions. I, I'm not bothered by any of what he said or how and, he chose to say it. And, and to that point, can I just say the camera cutting away at time? Cause you could perfectly read his lips every single time they turned the ball over in the first half <laughs> and you knew what he was saying. And it was Perfect, because then you're not angry anymore because you don't have to be angry because he's angrier than anyone could ever be. Yeah. Oh, so good. Question number two from Susan. Uh, Greg, there was a bit of talk on last week's pod, Ari, boats v. ships. Some experts answer with, quote, a ship has a commander and a crew. A boat just has whomever is on it at the time, end quote. Would you then equate can't read, can't write as a ship or a boat this evening? Uh, I mean, we are adrift. So, I mean, where are we on the timestamp? We're in hour three now. Um, I think actually we're doing better than you would expect. Yeah. Oh, no. We went from doing better than expected to not. Okay. Let's wrap. <laughs> Finally, it's that time of year. So, any holiday music playlists forming yet, or any tunes coming across the old wireless? The old? If so. What was the first song you've heard or first song you will play to start the season? I don't do any of this. So, yeah, if you've ever worked retail during a holiday season, you will never seek out a Christmas song ever again in your entire life. Uh, I will. I was alarmed as I was driving through rural, rural Ohio, and I decided to scan across the radio dials. There were like four or five different uh, Christmas song uh, channels already. What y'all doing? Who is listening to this? Who wants this? That's because no one listens to radio, so that's what they do. Ah. Plum, Plum, do you you seem like a jolly fool? Mm -hmm. I love Christmas music, but I won't listen to it until uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving, because that is a rule. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, what's your what'll what'll be your first song? I think it'll probably be the Jackson Five. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Okay, okay, it's a good one. All right, uh, Mr. Neurotic Pants. Does Jim Harbaugh actually have some redeeming qualities, or am I getting horse whipped for asking this? <laughs> horse whipped. Yeah, he does not. Uh, I mean, unless you're a Catholic priest, and then you probably really like him because he's. You know, he's keeping that school running right now with all that tuition. Mm. Uh, Mr. Roy Pants, this <laughs> week with Tom Izzo, freshman suspended after caught sleeping with naval officer's wife. ESPN cameras catch angry Izzo jumping into ocean to, quote, cool off. Uh, Joey, Joey, I can barely swim. Uh, Graham Couch gets hammered with Coach D, forgets three takes. Spartans eat in galley. Gonzaga gets MREs. Great. It's a good Perfect. episode. It's a I would great watch episode. this. Yeah, that's a good one. I, good I one. like this one. I also like the idea of uh, Coach D just drinking Graham Couch under the table unexpectedly. <laughs> that's uh, right. And finally, from Mr. Neurotic Pants, are Shiano and Tucker in a secret society that vows to prolong the ends of halves <laughs> and games as long as possible? Yes, and they're here now extending this episode. <laughs> they keep chopping. Uh, last up, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. What'd you think of Madi's game? There this, it is. This is, uh, this is, we covered it extensively. Did Upper Deck Jerk Guy call it? If anyone called it? It might have been him. If anyone called How it. How disappointing for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Greg, uh, what are your thoughts on the Heisman as a legitimate trophy? Obviously not as good as other, uh, personal, uh, accomplishment trophies in college, uh, football. I, I think it's, it has no credibility and it's, that's well established. Yeah. Uh, We're on that Walter camp now. Yeah. Did you get a glazed nutty donut this week? And when does Groovy Donuts make one? Uh, Groovy Donuts, uh, to my knowledge, does not make them. Groovy Donuts, if you're they listening. Do. Oh, do they? Yeah, it's just not glazed is my understanding. Uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't have to be glazed. It, it just typically it's a light glazing is what you have to have to make the nuts stick. So I didn't mean to suggest that it had to be like a fully glazed nutty donut, just that they typically have some glazing. What about uh, a yeah. beetle nut donut? That's reprehensible. And if you if you don't know what beetle nut is, then I encourage you to join the Peace Corps and go live in Micronesia for three years. Oh, it is glazed buttermilk cake with glaze and chopped peanuts. Oh, no, 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 God, that's really good. Ow! All right, noted. Groovy donuts. Okay. All right, gentlemen, uh, this has been a marathon. I'm going to go take my cold medicine. Uh, and I thank you both. We have a lot more to talk about next week. Until then, go green. Go white. Go white!